for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into the program. It is a Monday, greatest day of the entire week, kind of. Although today's a little bit tougher, today's a little bit more emotional for some, uh, many individuals, and we'll do that here in just a minute. But welcome into the program. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations and TV and live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. I have to say, just for a moment... I know we have a lot of people outside of the Wichita and Kansas area. I am loving the new weather. We actually feel like fall. The leaves are falling. The leaves are starting to change a little color. It's been cool today, and it's been raining and drizzling all day. And for a place that's in a drought, I will take this all day long, baby. So bring it. It finally feels like fall time, and I'm so excited. So there we go. Welcome into it. Bottom of the hour, we have a brand new guest on the program, Kurt Couchman. He is the Senior Fellow of Fiscal Policy for Americans for Prosperity. As you know, great partner here on the program with Americans for Prosperity, americansforprosperity.org. We'll have him on talking about the budget conversations going on in Washington, D.C., so we'll have that chat at the bottom of the hour. There is so much to do and so little time to do it today, so I don't want to waste any time. But first and foremost, man, it is raining here in Kansas. That means that we probably have more severe weather in other places around the country right now. It is obviously hurricane season, and we're trying to do some recovery from hurricanes that already hit us. So we need to go to the Biden basement, man, because we have an update. Yeah. Let's go into the Biden basement. As this is an oldie but goodie, but if you are in one of those paths of any of the hurricanes that may be coming up yonder to the uh, United States of America, then you need prepared on your checklist. What do you do for hurricane season? Obviously, we have our food supplies, we have our water supplies, you have your bags packed, you have all that. But Joe Biden has the best tip that you could possibly have during hurricane season. Let me be clear. If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. <laughs> Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane or a natural disaster hits. There you go. Get vaccinated now. Your latest hurricane preparedness tip from none other than Joe Biden. Let's go into the Biden basement. Now, they say we take that out of context, so let's just be fair and play the rest of the clip here because they is it out of context? That's up for you to decide. If you wind up having to evacuate, if you wind up having to stay in a shelter, you don't want to add COVID-19 to the list of dangers that you're going to be confronting. There you go. Don't want to be going into a shelter and spreading that COVID around, although you can still do that with a vaccine, so I'm not sure how that really helps the situation, but you don't want to be spreading it around, so make sure to put that on your list if you're one of those listeners in a uh, pathway of any of the hurricanes that may be coming up from now until the end of November, which is really hurricane season in certain parts of the country. Get your vaccination now for COVID-19. That was your daily tip from none other than the man himself, Joe Biden. 
All right, let's get into the serious issues of the day, shall we? This is obviously a very emotional day for most of us, those of us that remember. And I kind of shook my head and had to do a facepalm earlier, actually just about 20 minutes before we went on the air, as one of our uh, sports guys over on our sports station here in the Wichita area, I was chatting with him. He is 21 or 22 now, I guess. He was born six weeks prior to September 11th of 2001. Does not remember it. And he came up to me about a half hour ago and said, Andy, let's be honest. How important is it really to remember 9-11 and September 11th? How important is this really? Because it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. And I, I, I remained calm. I did my breathing exercise. I did what I had to do to prepare myself to not smack him because uh, obviously a lot of us that actually remember it were highly involved in that day, and it's a very emotional day for us. So I want you for a moment to remember what we said all the way back when is never forget. And for the new generation that's coming up in their 20s now, the ones that are starting to slowly but surely be the young generation that's getting involved in issues, we cannot allow them to not remember what happened, this needs to be taught in history books. This needs to be taught on the day, uh, just every day outside in the streets. This needs to be taught by our family, friends, and neighbors. And talk about why this is so important. The largest terrorist attack on American soil that killed 2,997 individuals in the tower, plus 300 and some odd firefighters and other law enforcement, and all the ones that have died thereafter due to the diseases and illness of walking in and the bravery that we showed and the unity that we showed as a nation, this is kind of important. And because of that, it's a yearly tradition that we play this on The Voice of Reason, as it took me a long time to piece all of these audio clips together as our way to do some type of tribute, some type of remembrance, and some type of way to do our salute to those that were victims of September 11th, and for us to continue on that message to never forget. Because we can never forget on what happened on September 11th, and even though it's uh, it's a decent amount of time, I think it's extremely important for us to do this, as we need to remember, and this is our way right here on The Voice of Reason, to never forget on what happened September 11, 2001, with our Voice of Reason tribute. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. I saw a big, I heard a boom walked up and there was a big ball of fire. I'm now looking north at the World Trade Center. The victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers. The pieces of the building were flying down. All of this was brought upon us in a single day that there's any kind of a, an effort up there yet. Now remember, oh my God, that looks like a second plane. And night fell on a different world, a world where freedom itself is under attack. There's another one, another plane just hit. <gasps> on September the 11th, enemies of freedom committed an act of war against our country. That just exploded. We I just saw another plane coming in from the side. Americans have known wars, but for the past 136 years, they have been wars on foreign soil. It's horrible. It's, I, I, I can't even describe it. Americans have known the casualties of war. You can hear the fire engines and the emergency, and emergency crews behind me. Americans have known surprise attacks, but never before on thousands of civilians. Tremendous explosion as it hit the Pentagon. I looked right, I looked over, and the smoke started coming up. Pieces of the plane were, and pieces of the Pentagon were falling onto the 14th Street, onto the Shirley Highway. 
This just in, you were looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center. Apparently a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center in New York. They're running away very, very quickly. There are more explosions further down the building. So this looks like it is some sort of a concerted effort to attack the World Trade Center that is underway. This is so shocking, of course, to everybody watching. I, I've never seen anything like it. It literally blew itself into World Trade Center. And the Pentagon is being evacuated. There is a large fire there, and that is the smoke you see in the shot that you are looking at now. It appears that an aircraft of some sort did hit the side of the Pentagon. It's a very haunting description that Bob Kerr just gave of that low-flying aircraft near the White House and one can only wonder if that was something that ultimately ended back. up in the Pentagon. There has just been a huge explosion. We can see uh, a billowing smoke rising and I can't, I'll, I'll tell you that I can't see that second tower. Can we just saw a live picture of what seemed to be a portion of the building falling away. Only one tower is standing. The other has collapsed. The whole side has collapsed? The whole building has collapsed. The whole building has collapsed? The building has collapsed. Big bang. And then we saw smoke coming out and everybody started running out and we saw the plane on the other side of the building and there was smoke everywhere and people are jumping out the windows. Over there they're jumping out the windows, I guess because they're trying to see themselves. I don't know. And there's, you can see, perhaps the second tower, the front tower, the top portion of which is collapsing. Good Lord. Body parts all over the place. I mean, this is just, I feel like I was in a movie. There's a, there's a haze everywhere. It's very, very difficult to see, but there has been a, a whole area has been covered by soot and ash. The second building just fell. At least five or six, and uh, it, was, it was absolutely terrible. Obviously, they had two choices, to be burned into, in flames or to, uh, leap and end it all. Debris continues to fall and to rain on the people below. There are people hanging from the windows, 90 stories up, and a number of bodies have actually hit the pavement. There's some really crazy people in this world. Uh, this is just not uh, too many innocent people. People were jumping off the building. Have you ever seen anything like this? Absolutely not. I've seen at least 10 people fall to their death. The whole building was flying down. It's horrible. It, I, I, I can't even describe it. What did you see happen? The whole building just fell. The second building that was hit by the plane has just completely collapsed. The Twin Tower, it's some 110 stories high. It's starting to fall apart. The evidence we have gathered all points to a collection of loosely affiliated terrorist organizations known as Al-Qaeda. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war, but there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Let me say to the families who lost loved ones on 9-11 that we have never forgotten your loss. Beyond the boundaries of your city's lies But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny.
They will hand over the terrorists, or they will share in their fate. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. We passed over a destroyed land. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. You who have not seen it do not know what hell looks like from the top. I can report to the American people and to the world. The United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden, the leader of Al-Qaeda. I've got one thing to say. We got him! Proud of the guys that were willing to go out there and, and take care of business. We have caught and compromised to a permanent end Osama bin Laden. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. Thank you. Good night. And God bless America. There it is. Voice of Reason's annual tribute to September 11th, 2001. We will never forget. We won't let the younger generations forget this as well as we continue on with the greatest nation on the face of the earth lots more coming up for the voice of reason stay here this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier fighting for freedom every day this is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Freedom, reason, common sense. That's what it's all about here on the program. Great to have you. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you check us out. We always love you to death. So our usual tribute here for the September 11th, 2001 attack, we will continue to do every single year as long as I am on the radio. We will continue to do that. And it's very tough. We did it even on our uh, syndicated program over the weekend. Hopefully you enjoyed that. You can go and check that out on the podcast at The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier on any of your favorite podcasting sites. But it's something that we will continue to always do because I don't care how many years go by, we will never forget. And again, looking at the younger generation where they're coming in, even parts of my generation, ah, we need to move past this, we can't keep hindering on. And it's not to continue to fuel hatred or continue to fuel fear or to try and say, well, these people are bad because of. Uh, but what it does do is it was a symbol of unity post. You know me, I'm always the eternal optimist. And the unity that we saw after September 11th, outside of the few naysayers like the idiot, uh, chickens are coming, I'm diverse. Yeah, outside of that kind of crap, we saw unity in the nation. We saw this nation come together, and it brought awareness to what we were maybe involved in overseas. It brought awareness to how we were acting as a nation, and it brought us to some unity to where the, and I use this every year, but this example continues to worsen every year as well. Back then, in 2001, post-9-11, the worst thing that we saw was news from New York about littering because so many people were putting up stickers of American flags on everything that it was coming off of the light posts, it was coming off of buildings, 
They were coming off of whatever they were sticking them to, and they were having a massive littering problem. And that was the biggest problem that we had seen at that time. I'll never forget those news stories. We're like, this is this is news, but that's all they had to report on because everybody was coming together. There was unity in the nation. Now, did we learn our lessons? You bet you we did. We definitely learned some lessons. We learned some lessons about, well, maybe we shouldn't give government more authority and power because then we saw the Department of Homeland Security get created. We saw TSA get involved way more than what they were before. We saw the Patriot Act, which was a very, very dumb move. And many Republicans today, myself included, acknowledge now that maybe that wasn't the smartest thing. And we saw government, like usual, take advantage of a situation. Now, I don't usually like to go down the road to the the, uh, conspiracy theories of whether government was actually involved in the terrorist attacks and the signs of explosives that were at the bottom of some of the base of the buildings. I don't like to go down that road because I think it's almost disrespectful to the lives that were lost, or maybe it's disrespectful to not talk about it, to try and find the true origin of what really happened and try and get down to the nitty-gritty. Either way, regardless of however you see that, whether it was an intentional way to consume and grow the size of government or whether it was an unintended consequence, which that happens a lot with government programs, let's be honest, that when something happens, the unintended consequence is that government sees the opportunity, never let a crisis go to waste, and they end up taking advantage of that, which is what we saw. So either whether it was intended or unintended, to me, doesn't really matter at this point. What matters is we did see a massive growth in government to the extent of what we see now in massive violations of privacy with a new generation growing up not seeing a violation of privacy wrong or something the matter with it at all. In fact, they'd openly and willingly give up the give up their privacy for the government to monitor their email account for a free pizza. And we see that in survey after survey after survey of the young generation. Why? Because they've never grown up with actual privacy. We now have phones. We now have smart cars. We now have refrigerators, we're crying out loud, that are so smart that they know exactly what you're doing at all times. And we're so used to it now that we don't even see the alternative of what it was like before that. Oh, how the times have changed. We see political division and a resegregation of society unlike we've ever seen prior to 9-11. Oh, how the times have changed. We now have people saying that we deserve everything that we get as opposed to the unity of the nation saying that we will never forget an enemy coming and attacking our nation. Whatever problems we may have, we don't take them to that level. And we always were a united front against the rest of the world. Oh, how the times have changed. Lots more coming up around the corner. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the voice of reason with Andy. Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. We are moving through halfway through the program already. Oh, how it flies by so quickly. So much to talk about and so little time to do it. By the way, if you enjoyed, which hopefully it was a little bit of an emotional wrenching for you, that's what we go for here. Uh, we put together that 9 11, September 11, 2001 tribute. We put that together a few years ago. I want to say like 2014. 2013-ish, we put that together. It's been, it took a long time to piece all that together for our seven and a half minute tribute, but we play that every single year. If you want to hear more of it, you can obviously go back to the podcast and listen to it that way. I do not have that audio clip on our website, although I may put it on there. I haven't decided yet. 
but I have gotten positive feedback from it every single year. And as long as we're on the radio, we will continue to play that tribute every single year as well. Welcome back into it. I do want to shift gears a little bit away from that, even though it has been a uh, very um, solemn program for the most part, talking about reminiscing, telling the stories, and thinking about how important it is to quote-unquote never forget. But let's shift gears a little bit and get into our latest in What's Trending. What's trending today? As I am excited to have on the program for the very first time on the program, as they're great partners with us here on the Voice of Reason program for both the weekday show and our syndicated weekend program. But happy to have on us. He is a senior fellow of fiscal policy for Americans for Prosperity. Having on here, Mr. Kurt Couchman. Kurt, how are you, my friend? Uh oh. Is he there? Well, all right. We will try and get him on in a moment. Uh, I just got an email actually from him saying that he was having uh, an issue hearing. So let's see. We'll do this on the fly again. Remember, live. Oh, I don't know what that is. Let's try something else here, shall we? I don't know what that is either. All right. We'll give that a try and see what the heck's going on. But uh, so we'll get Kurt Couchman on the program here momentarily. There is, as we, we were going to talk about, as Congress heads back to Washington, D.C., and as they prepare for their budget conversation, which they're already back in there, there is some new headlines, which is the media's push to try and demonize Republicans for the budget debate that's about to take place. Now, as you know, we are gearing up for uh, what is going to be a very difficult budgetary conversation because we're already looking at a $2 trillion increase. We've already talked about that. We're already looking at a massive increase in the farm bill a.k.a. almost a trillion dollars, into the SNAP program. We've already mentioned that on the program, but it's something that we need to be concerned about because for many, including in the in the Republican Party, it's just a normal conversation, just another norm, just another thing that we need to do, increase the budget, increase these programs, and continue on about our day. And there are a few, and by a few, I reiterate that there are not very many at all, of hardline Republicans that are willing to stand up and say no we're not going to go down this road. Now, that being said, there are very few of them that are actually wanting to do that. So the media has to demonize them the best way that they can to make them irrelevant and to make them the most evil, most horrible human being on the face of the earth. According to The Hill, here's the headline for you. Hardline House Republicans itching for the shutdown and impeachment fights moving forward. Let's see if we got him back on. We're trying to work on some technical issues behind the scene here, but let's see if he's on. He's the senior fellow for the fiscal policy uh, Senior Fellow of Fiscal Policy for Americans for Prosperity, Kurt Couchman. Kurt, are you there, my friend? I'm sorry. All I'm hearing is a high-pitched squeal. I oh. can't hear anything that you may be saying you right now. You can't hear anything. Darn it. All right. Well, we'll continue to work on this problem here. Um, not sure what's going on. Anyways, we'll uh, we'll have to reschedule him and get him back on. Uh, for those that don't know, we've had a little bit of weather in the Wichita area that's uh, messed up with some of our technology. But nonetheless... Hardline Republicans, which I'm curious, show of hands, how many do you think there actually are of hardline Republicans willing to stand up and fight against the Democrats and the establishment to increase spending at the federal level? According to the Hill, hardline Republicans in the House are itching for fights over opening an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden and extracting deep spending cuts even at the risk of a government shutdown. Even Because remember, we can't actually just cut and do it a normal thing. We actually have to shut down the government, which means we're all probably going to die and melt if we don't actually raise government spending. Yeah. So, their eagerness to fight isn't just with Biden and Democrats, but also with Republicans in their conference worried about the political risks of an impeachment fight and a shutdown. These dynamics pose yet another challenge for Speaker Kevin McCarthy, whose job is to unify his conference. Um, <laughs> hold on a second. 
If the Republican Party was unifying, should we unify under, oh, I don't know, maybe Republican values of not spending as much money as what we did before or increasing it by near $2 trillion? Wouldn't that be a unifying message for Republicans who are going into an election season saying that they are the ones fiscally responsible? Now, some Republicans have said that we need to slightly steer because we can't just go off the cliff and just uh, all of a sudden do a turnaround here. So it's going to take time, which I agree. And we're not talking about a 50% government cut in federal budgets, although that's probably what we uh, what we need and what would be needed moving forward. But according to uh, Chip Roy, with his statement, quote, I'm tired of all these Republicans hiding behind, oh, but they'll say it's a shutdown and they'll say that you're defunding law enforcement with the Department of Homeland Security. It's all blankety-blank BS, according to the House Freedom Caucus member, Congressman Chip Roy. And it's true. Have you ever noticed that when we try to cut budgets, and not just cut budgets, when we just slow the growth of the budget, let's grow by 2% instead of 6%, that now all of a sudden we're facing government shutdowns and we're facing uh, the fact that we can't operate as government, we're never going to pay our bills enough as government, we're never going to uh, operate to the full capacity of what government needs to do in order to be efficient, it's never enough. Have you ever heard that? Ever heard that before? Yeah. The argument that we're going back down again here soon. Let's see if we have him back on the line here. Kurt, are you with us? Maybe. Kurt? All right. We don't have him on there. We'll try and get him on a little bit later. Not a big deal. Uh, With $2 trillion in spending and inflation that's going above and beyond, the latest survey shows that inflation is now not the main issue of many Americans, which is a cause for concern. Let's look at down the road here for election season, shall we? According to the latest NBC survey, they say now the majority of Americans are not concerned about inflation that's floating around 3 to 4% right now, even though the Federal Reserve only wants it at 2%. That's not the major problem. The major problem, according to many in the survey, is now trying to find jobs. But now the problem of inflation has been solved. We don't have to worry about it anymore. It's only at 3%. It's almost back to normal the way we usually grow. Let's just start getting back to normal with our average spending. Now, with a 20 to 15, 15 to 20% inflation increase we've seen over three years total, we're still not up to par in our spending levels, you would think at a consumer level, have gone down. They haven't quite gone down as much as we would anticipate because people want to max out their credit cards. People want to continue with their normal lifestyle and not have any type of um, differences in their um Uh, spending habits, but that's something we probably need to do. And it would, by the way, give a very resonating message to the federal government that the fact that we don't want prices to be as high as they usually are. And by resonating messages, I mean actual something that's beneficial, not something that just is a sounding board for them to use and abuse their power however they want to. If you saw the headlines from the uh, New Mexico and the governor suspending concealed carry permits for 30 days, trying to cut crime down which we'll talk about in just a second as well. And we did cover that on our weekend syndicated program. But she says she's doing that to send a strong message to the American people and to the people of New Mexico that we're going to cut down on gun crime. It's not going to do anything, but it's going to cut down on crime in the Albuquerque area. If we send a strong message, it could actually resonate. If we stop buying products while they continue to jack up the prices on us, then that would be a resounding message to the federal government that things are too expensive. So the question is, I think, at a deeper level, is why do we continue to spend at the same level when inflation is as high as it is? And now that they've calmed down inflation a little bit, they're like, well, okay, now everything's back to normal. We don't have to worry. This is the Biden economics right now. 
because we can go out and spend massive amounts of money on a very little amount of product. But as long as inflation's low now, the media's going to tell us everything's fine. And this is the new norm in spending levels. And I don't know that Americans are quite accepting or okay with that. I don't quite know that they're willing to just say, I am just going to go ahead and start buying loaves of bread at $4 for a loaf instead of $1.50 for a loaf because that's just the new norm and I just have to adjust my budget likewise. I don't know that we're willing to accept that. I don't know that we're willing to accept near $5 gallons of gas. And just go along with it and be like, well, this is the new norm. I guess it's okay. As long as inflation's a little bit lower, then the Biden economy must be working. And therefore, we're not going to listen to Republicans as we move forward uh, with trying to show how bad the economy actually is. I don't know that that message is going to resonate, even though the media is trying to tell us it is. And not only just accepting how bad the economy is by telling us it's good, but then trying to demonize Republicans when we say, hold on, even if we have to shut down the government, which I'm totally okay with, we're not going to pass a budget. That is disastrous. I used the example in our newsletter earlier this month that we're not looking over the cliff. Now we're now at the cliff. We're over the cliff. And now we are the wily e. Coyote where we're already, you ever see the cartoon where his body's already falling down and his head's staying up there holding the sign saying, oh no. Yeah, that's where we're at right now. We're looking down the cliff and our body's already falling and our head's just kind of peeking up looking over at what we had before we start going in that downward direction. That's the level that we're at. And if we continue this, I know it's kind of the doomsday talk, but uh, if we continue down the road of economic disaster, uh, we're going to see things burst really, really quickly. And all that debt that we have uh, could either come back to harm us or maybe the government will come in and just bail us out. Maybe that's the whole plan. Let's just go ahead and bail everybody out. We'll bail it with credit cards and student loans and mortgages. We'll just consume it all. And the government, my friends, will be here to take care of you. I know there's a lot of people that want that. I don't think that's quite where the majority of Americans are. The reason you go to work every day, even though you may detest your job, is because you realize there's opportunity at the end of the road. Do you realize that there's light at the end of the tunnel because you're still self-sufficient and you can actually take care of yourself. And it's unfortunate that there's so many that don't want to do that and play the victim, which is why we have the safe student loan program and we have other handouts that are happening and growing exponentially under the Biden administration because that's their end of the line goal. So we need to continue to fight, but kudos to those few Republicans the very small few that are willing to shut down the government to try and cut the spending and not allow it to be at that $2 trillion increase that we're expected to see moving forward. we got some more of this when we come back here. We'll also try and get Kurt on the program as well. If not, we'll get him on at a later time. Until then, it's a Monday. It's The Voice of Reason. Lots more to get to. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Always wonderful to have you with us for the ride. So we will have uh, Kurt Couchman rescheduled on the program. Americans for Prosperity, Senior Fellow for Fiscal Policy. Um, having a few technical issues with the phone, but not a big deal. We'll get him on the show here relatively soon. I am calling out all of the... Voters, all the Republicans, all the constituents to make those phone calls and make sure that we allow our elected officials to know exactly where we stand on this. Because right now we have a major divide in the Republican Party. And this is I'm telling you, 
We said this when the first vote happened for the debt ceiling bill back in June. This is going to be a make-or-break moment for the Republican Party. We have disasters at statewide Republican Party levels right now, all, all over the nation. Let's be honest. There are a lot, not all of them, not all of them, but a lot of Republican parties at the statewide levels are in a rebuilding phase right now, which is a very scary, a very pathetic, and a very ridiculous state for them to be in at a time when we should be building, not trying to rebuild, but a building phase going into a major hotly contested 2024 presidential elections and races all over the nation. But we're not. We're not in that phase. We're in the, oh, let's uh, bicker amongst each other. Let's try and get new leadership. Let's try and rebuild from the ground up stage, which is not a good position for us to be in going into this year, which means we need to have our elected officials making the right choices and voting on their base and on their constituency and on their Republican platform for us to have a steady grounding to at least say, look at what Republicans are trying to do moving forward. And right now, the Republican Party is doing a campaign and a movement on the failures of Bidenomics. And the failures of Bidenomics is massive spending, massive inflation, and massive government programs. That is Bidenomics, and that is what's failing this nation right now. We have 3% inflation right now. What was the inflation during the entire reign of Joe Biden? It's up there just about at the Jimmy Carter levels, if not above in some areas, including food. That's up near 30%, could go up another 15% relatively soon. That's an essential portion of us to survive on a daily basis is to have food. And that's gone up almost 45, 40, 50%, depending on how you look at it, uh, in many areas of the country. That's devastating. And if Republicans don't put their foot down now, all of them, and say no more, not a single penny more, that's how you correct this case. It's not just in progress, we just slowly turn. We'll give you more spending. We'll give you more programs. We'll give you more funding. We'll just slowly curve it, and we'll just give a little bit less, no, no, enough. That. The, the steering course, the taking a different course would be not a single penny more in spending. We already spend way too much as it is, not a two trillion dollars more. And then we can look at cutting and moving the direction that way later. The reversing course and steering us away from the cliff, that happens when we actually start cutting and going backwards, not just slowing the growth. There's two completely different realities there. So anybody, anybody that ends up voting for a government increase in spending at all by a penny more than what we're doing right now, in my books, needs to be booted the hell out of office. And Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House and is the head of the Republican Party in the House, which is the only chamber, by the way, that we have. Any, You would think that he would be there and doing the rallying cry and saying, yeah, no, 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 no. No, no, laughing hysterically at the fact that we would spend $2 trillion more than what we did last year, which is at the same level we did during the COVID-19 pandemic. He would be laughing and saying that's hysterical for you to think that we would spend that much money. That is the best joke I've ever heard in my entire life. That's a good one, Democrats. Oh, you're jokesters. You should become a stand-up comedian, Democrat Party, because that's <laughs> that's funny, thinking that we're going to spend that much money. Ha! But instead, moderate Republicans are like, well... We just won't spend the whole $2 trillion more. Maybe we'll do like $1.8 trillion. Maybe we'll do $1.9 trillion, but it's not two. So we're doing budget cuts. We're actually cutting things a little bit. We blame Democrats for spending too much money and then playing that game that a slowing of growth is a cut, which is what Democrats like to do. No, no, we're only going to grow at 2% instead of 6 Well, you're cutting it by 4%. 
And that's the illogical math from Democrat Party. Republicans can't do the same thing by saying, oh, well, we're going to present a budget that's $1.8 trillion more. Instead of $2 trillion, we're actually cutting spending. No, no. No, no. We need to not raise government spending a penny more. And then we can look at cuts. And the cuts from there will be the reversing course and getting us back on track. And not having us be the wily e. Coyote falling down the cliff with our heads dangling up there wondering what's going to happen because of the economic disaster we're about to be in. Do you see that happening? I know I just laid this whole plan out. Is that logistical? No. Is that realistic? No, probably not. Is that a rational conversation? It's rational, but rational doesn't really happen and go very well in Washington, D.C. So that's another battle we have on our hands. Republican Party, it's election season. What are you going to do with the power that you have in the House is the power of the purse. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.